right, everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service, amen. Who is glad to be together in the house of the Lord tonight, praise God. All right, well, let's make our way into the sanctuary from the coffee bar here, and we'll uh, go ahead and get started with our service, praise the Lord, amen. Hey, who's enjoying the uh, the nice little heat wave that we've got going on out there, isn't that fun? Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, I think that you feel about it the same way that I do, but that's all right. We feel really good in here together, praise God. Let's go ahead and stand up, and we are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America, and we're going to keep believing and declaring that our nation is coming to Jesus, amen? Let's say it together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight, and you may be seated. All right, well, let's get into our announcements here. Hey, uh, who was here with us on Sunday night for the church barbecue? Yeah, wasn't that awesome, man? That was such a good time. Uh, I would love to see the great turnout that we had and just everybody uh, having some fellowship and some fun together. Man, who had a snow cone out there? Those are pretty awesome, huh, from Billy? So it was a great night, and uh, we, we look forward to doing more stuff like that, but praise the Lord. All right, uh, we want to go through a few things here. First of all, I uh, want to let you know that baptisms are Sunday, July the 30th, Sunday, July the 30th, so about two weeks out and if you haven't been baptized and you want to be or again a lot of times maybe someone was baptized as a child but uh, just really didn't wasn't able to catch the meaning of it and they'd like to do it again well we welcome that so uh, Miss Kathy has the sign up sheet back there think we already have 18 people signed up. So that's phenomenal to see that many people getting baptized. And um, if you're interested though, sign up, we will do it at both services morning and night. So don't miss out on this opportunity. Amen. And then also we're just kind of reminding you guys a little bit that our man, Alex Church uh, is going to be, uh, his Christian band is going to be uh, doing the Christian Music Festival at Adelanto Stadium on July 29th. Amen. They are playing at 5 p.m. So go on out there and rock and roll for Jesus. Am I right? Rock for the rock, somebody? Yeah, no? Okay, I don't know. Hey, it's, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, okay? Uh, praise God. And then we're super excited about the church pool party coming up, everybody. Amen. It's going to be on Friday, August the 4th from 6. Uh, Pastor Katie's telling me to say 8 p.m. because we know when we tell you to get out of the pool at 8, you'll eventually be out by 9. So anyway, uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. Wink, wink. All right. Uh, it's going to be great at Henderson Pool. We've rented the entire pool so everybody can come. Uh, I think we they told us we can bring up to 125 people. So uh, that's going to be an awesome night. We're going to have some popsicles and some stuff like that to uh, kind of make it a little more fun. But I 
I highly encourage you, man, get involved, get connected. We're doing all these events like this. So you have no excuse to be lonely, no excuse to not know other Christian people. This is a great chance for you to make the right connections with the right friends and get even more uh, connected to the church family. Amen. And so praise God. Looks like Mrs. Pastor's got something to add to this. So I welcome whatever her comments are. Amen. Huh? That's the end of my announcements. I get. I That's mean, what I yeah. figured. Okay. So what happened Sunday morning around here this week? We had a good time. Duh. Okay. You've been, you've heard about this for about a month. We are receiving a birthday offering for Pastor Dave and Pastor Katie. Her birthday is the 21st. His is the 24th. So, you know, be praying about what you want to do uh, as an offering. We're taking up a monetary offering for them. And, you know, get a birthday card, whatever. Write something nice to encourage them, to thank them, something like that. Put something in it, and then we'll receive it Sunday morning. Amen. Well, thank you to the lovely Mrs. Pastor. <laughs> I think somebody likes you. One person claps. I think they do like you. <laughs> All right. Hold up your hands to the envelope for your tithes, for your offerings. And hold up your Bible and open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 to 36. What kind of church are we? We're a word church. What's the word? It's the Bible. So we always bring the Bible with us. If we look at the Bible, how does faith come? Hearing by the Word of God. Uh, Mrs. Pastor had me look at September's devotional day. You don't even have August yet. It's good. But September's about faith. And I always go over things again to look at them. And man, oh man, did I get built up just reading the first five days of September about faith already. How many know that faith pleases God? Pastor Dave, you're going to be challenged tonight. <laughs> Hearing the word of God. And so if faith pleases God, and how does faith come? Hearing the word of God. And so that means if it's impossible to please God without faith, that means it's impossible to please God without reading your Bible. Doing better preaching than you are shouting. This is just the offering. I'm, I'm the warm-up man for him. All right, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. And these two verses right here are, when I was first born again in early 1980, this is two of the first verses Jesus taught me. And, and, and for Christians, these are key verses to your success in finances or anything else. And so Hebrews 10, verse 35 and 36 says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. I think confidence is probably another word for faith. Is it faith in God, have a confidence in God? And faith in his word is have a confidence in his word. So it says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense and reward. If you have need of patience, you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And so that word patience right there means to stay constant and consistent in what you do. When you first get born again, or maybe for some people later on in their Christian life, they finally get the revelation that God said, bring the tithe to the storehouse. Amen. And then he said, that's your part. 
And they said his part is he opens the windows of heaven. Pours out the anointing of God upon your life so that everything you touch is blessed. Everything you do is blessed. And then he said, he rebukes the devourer. That's Satan. He's the one that comes to try to mess up your life, your finances, everything else. And wants to make you quit. And so, in other words, you can paraphrase this by saying, cast away your confidence. Don't quit. You start being a tither. You start being a church attender. You start being a person that refuses to get out of the love walk. You watch your mouth what you say. And it says, don't quit doing that. Keep doing that. Because after patience has its work, then you receive the reward. What's the reward? Reward a blessed life. Things work right. And if the devil shows up, God takes care of it for you. Amen. And so I just want to leave that with you as we bring our tithes and offerings up the altar in a minute that God said, don't quit. You started doing it, keep doing it. And if you do, God said, he's the rewarder. Amen. Let's make our financial faith confession. Let's stand up. As we bring the Lord's tithes and give offering today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All my fun. So I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give justice to the kingdom of God, both the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Guys, come up and worship with us.
just sing this song to the Lord tonight. I was reading this morning in the book of James that when we draw close to the Lord, He draws close to us. And that's kind of what this song is talking about. So let's sing this together. And I can't get enough. And no, I can't get enough of your amazing Jesus, I can't get enough, and I can't walk away, and I can't walk away, no, I can't walk away, for I have seen your face. sing this out. I just want to be. And I just want to be where you are. And I just want to be near your heart. And there is nothing like your love. And Jesus, there is nothing like your love. Listen, I can't get enough. I can't get enough I know I can't get enough Of your amazing love And Jesus, I can't get enough I can't walk away And I can't walk away I know I can't walk away for I have seen your face and I can't walk away and I just want to be where you are Jesus, there is nothing like your love. And I just want to be where you are. And I just want to be near your heart. And there is nothing like your love. Jesus, there is nothing like your love. Let's sing this out, sing holy. A holy, a holy, a holy, a holy, a holy, a holy. Jesus, I love you. And Jesus, I love you. Let's sing that again. A holy, a 
holy Jesus I love you Jesus I love you single morning. And, and Lord, your faithfulness, great is your faithfulness. We thank you, Jesus. There is nothing at all like your love. And Lord, we understand that it's not because we deserve your love, not one bit, but Lord, we thank you that by the grace of God, your love has been poured out upon us and we can receive that. And Jesus, we want to tell you that we love you too. Lord, we love you with all of our hearts and we want to give you our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. Have your way in this service tonight. Speak to us, Lord. And I thank you that we will never be the same after receiving your word. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Amen. Praise, praise God. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Let's get into it. We are going to be doing communion at the end of the service. It's the third Wednesday. And so we always uh, do communion on the third Wednesday night. Uh, that way, any of our Wednesday night attenders that are not able to be at Sunday services get a chance uh, to receive communion on a regular basis, too. So we don't want to miss out on that. All right. Who knows what we've been talking about on Wednesday nights? Yes, the fruit of the Spirit, yeah. See, some of you are uh, the fruit of the Spirit, yeah. Sometimes, uh, I know, we're, we, we've got two series simultaneously going on. We've got a Sunday morning series, we've got a Wednesday night series, and, and I think I'm confusing some people, but Wednesdays means it's time for the fruit of the Spirit. Who's excited tonight? <laughs> Amen. Well, tonight we are going to be on number five, uh, part five. We're going to be talking. Who knows what number five is? Anybody? 
Kindness. We're talking about kindness tonight, everybody. Yeah, it's going to be so great. You're going to love it so much. We're talking about kindness. And, uh, you know, we, we've really, we've covered a lot of ground these first few weeks here. And, you know, kind of a little bit of a recap to catch everybody up. You know, it seems like a lot of times the fruit of the Spirit is a topic that, uh, I don't know, it seems like maybe they talk about it in, in Sunday school or children's church. And, and you know, I just don't feel like we see a whole lot of that in the adult services uh, being taught on this. And it is super important. It's not the deepest thing that, you know, we've ever discussed, but it is fundamental foundation to the Christian faith, the fruit of the spirit. And so uh, what we've said is that the, the fruit of the spirit, these nine things that are listed here, these should be evident in every Christian life. Amen. Every Christian life uh, should have these nine things going on. And so we've put it this way every week. If somebody uh, was to say, hey, could you describe Julie or Desiree or Yvette? Could you describe them in nine words theoretically the best case scenario they would say yeah i'll give you nine words to describe them love joy peace patience kind and they would go through all that that is i mean my dream scenario if that's what people the words people would use to describe me amen and uh, and we know this much too that when it comes to fruit fruit grows and so often we'll look at this and be like man i i feel like i'm doing okay in this area but i'm just man i got nothing going on in this department well listen we should uh, be developing Developing and growing all nine of these characteristics, all nine of the fruit of the spirit. We haven't fully arrived where, where we're all the way, you, you know, all the way there. We'll never fully arrive, but we should be growing. Who knows that much? Amen. Like I haven't arrived yet but I've left. Amen. The, the ship has sailed. We've left and we're on our way to something. So Galatians five, let's go to verses 22 and 23. Who's with me tonight? Amen. Galatians five. And we're going to look at verses 22 through 23. And this is the fruit of the spirit. And of course, if you wanted to see the fruit of the flesh, that ugly list, you could look a few uh, verses back and it'll tell you the fruit that is evident in somebody's life when they are not born of the spirit, when they're not born again, there's a whole list of fruit that you would see in their life also. And it's a very ugly list. So it's not my favorite to read, but let's look at this one. I like this list. Galatians 5, 22 through 23, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. What is it? Say it with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. All right. So we're going to dig in to, uh, to, to the, the, the topic, to the fruit of kindness tonight. Now, uh, I've said it, but we preach more on love than any other topic at this church. And, uh, and you know, we are a faith church. So that is our bread and butter. That is what we base our entire lives 
on, the just shall live by faith. Faith is huge. But I would say that if there's any topic that uh, that we could be accused of preaching on the most, it would be the topic of love. Now, as I'm studying kindness this week, you know, there comes the question, well, what's the difference between kindness and love? And I will say this much, they are very closely connected. I mean, I don't know any loving people that are not kind. And I don't know any kind people that are not full of love. Uh, So kindness and love do go hand in hand together. But if I could put it any way, I would say this. Kindness is putting action to the word love. Now, it's one thing to, to constantly say, hey, you know, yeah, I love people. I love people. Well, if you love people, there should be some action to that, right? And in fact, James, uh, Jesus' brother, he, he said it this way. Some people are like, yeah, I, I've, I've got, I've got faith. I don't need to do any, any good works. I don't need that. And James said, no, hold on. No, I will show you my faith by my works. I'm not doing good works to, to get to heaven, but praise God, because I am going to heaven, because I'm born again, I should be doing all sorts of good things. Amen. And it's not to earn God's love. I couldn't earn it anyway, but if I have the love of God, man, if I have been born again, no doubt about it, hey, I'm going to be a kind person. You know that, right? If you're born again, you should be a kind person. And we know this much. Uh, the first fruit that it mentions is love. And I believe that that's not coincidental. I believe that love is the very first fruit that you should see pop up in the Christian's life. Christians should be known by their love. It's huge. In fact, Jesus put it this way in John 13, 35. He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. Christians are known by their love. And I would also say this much. Christians should be known by their kindness. We should be kind people. And and, and if we really want to just break it down to the most basic elementary definition, let's just say this. Be nice. Be nice. Be a decent person. I mean, that doesn't even sound that spiritual or deep, but let's get real. There's no way that a child of God, somebody that has been born of the spirit, it should go around being rude, mean, nasty, and unkind. If you're a Christian, be nice. I don't think that that's too much to ask. And I know that it is absolutely possible because, hey, You've got kindness right here in this list. And to wrap it all up, it says that you have self-control. Amen. And so even if you don't feel like being nice, you literally, by the spirit of God, have the supernatural power to control yourself to be a nice person. You don't have to say amen. It's okay. I'm fine with that. But I know it's the truth. Now, oftentimes we would confuse being kind with being a sissy. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, let's just get real. Some people are like, man, that, that kindness. Oh, that sounds, you know, snowflake. No, listen, hold up. Jesus was certainly kind. Who would say that Jesus was kind? Who would say that Jesus was a sissy pushover? 
Okay, good. Yeah, I didn't want to see any hands on that one. So Jesus was kind, but he was not a sissy pushover. Being kind doesn't mean you have no standards or boundaries and everybody can just steamroll you. It doesn't mean that. But we do know this much that we as Christians, we can be kind and we can also have some backbone and stand up for some things. But I'm telling you right now, no doubt about it, the born again Christian, the child of God, God should be kind. And this is just maybe a breaking news flash. Christians are nice people. Now, I've come across some people that say they're Christians and they're very mean and rude and nasty. And I think maybe we've all come across people like that a time or two. And I just, that doesn't sit too well with me because that's not how Jesus was. Jesus stood up for some things. Jesus, you know, hey, he was tough, tough as nails, man. He was not a pushover, but Jesus was not rude and nasty. Jesus was kind and Jesus was nice, especially to children. Amen. I love the kids so much. Kids are my favorite people. Amen. And you know, one of these days, you may just... I made us go up there and work with the toddlers. They're the best people in the world. I love toddlers so much. They're so fun. Amen. Uh, so anyway, but I can't get off on the, how much I love the toddlers. I need to get into the service here. So we're going to talk tonight about uh, a few things. Now, obviously, uh, we're supposed to be kind and loving to everybody. You know that, right? You know, all right. So, but tonight we're going to zero in on a few particular categories of kindness. Amen. And I especially feel like this is a great time of year to discuss this because there's no more difficult of a time to be kind than when it's 200 degrees outside. Amen. Nobody as I mean, you don't, you don't feel it. Right. And so I certainly in the midst of this fun heat wave, I haven't felt like being kind every day, but praise God for self-control. We can make this happen. So let's, let's dig in a little bit tonight. And I feel like number one is especially applicable. All right. So we're talking about kindness to your own family. Good answer. Are we, okay, so it's like we're playing family feud right now. Amen. Good answer. So even if I said something bad, we just, hey, good. All right. So, uh, we're going to be talking about being kind, number one, to family. And to start it off, I'm going to do what I did last week with patience. First Corinthians 13 and verse four. Let's go. First Corinthians 13, four. Now, uh, you know, first Corinthians 13 is known as the what chapter of the Bible? Exactly. And so we're like, well, why would we we'll go to the love chapter if we're not talking about love? Well, just pump the brakes, brother. We'll get there. Okay, I'm going to explain this. So 1 Corinthians 13 is undeniably, this is God's definition of love. And, and, and so whatever we may think that our own definition is, well, that doesn't matter. God's definition matters. And so if you had to really describe the God kind of love, this is what it's talking about. When you say Jesus loves you, this is the love that we're talking about. Agape, unconditional, no strings attached love. Amen. And so this is just very interesting to me. First Corinthians 13 and verse four, love is what's the very first word used to describe the God kind of love patient. Isn't that interesting? All right. But let's take it a step further. What's the second word used to describe God's kind of love? kind. And I mean, I don't think it's coincidental that these two are in order that they are in the fruit of the spirit. Love is patient. And then number two, Hey, love is 
kind. Then it goes on and we'll get into this. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. We'll get into those in a minute. But, you know, it's just incredible to me how somebody can say, you know what? Hey, yeah, I love people. I just don't have any patience for people. Uh, no, <laughs> I, no. Okay. I love people, but I'm not kind. I'll tell you that. Then you don't love people. You came up with your own generic made up version of love and tried to apply that, but no one cares about that. We're talking about God's agape kind of love and no doubt about it. The love of God is patient and it is Kind. You cannot get around those facts right there. Now, kindness is very intentional. To be kind, you are intentionally doing something. You can't just send those kindness vibes across the room and not do anything because no, no one's catching that. Knock that off. Listen, kindness is intentionally doing something. It's going out of your way to do something or say something nice to somebody. Kindness, I'll tell you, means sacrifice. Because kindness is not always convenient, but it is what Christians do. Are Christians kind people? Who in here has caught on to the fact that truly living the Christian lifestyle is not always the most convenient thing to do. You are required, you are told to do things that you don't feel like doing. But the Christian life, it's about submission to God. It's about sacrifice. Amen. And so there's some things on here and I'm telling you right now that kindness is intentional. It is inconvenient. It's doing something, maybe even when you don't feel like doing it, but you're doing it because you're a Christian and it's the God thing to do. It's on the inside of you. Now I want to look at verse five also, just for kicks. Uh, we're going to read this verse and let's just think of how if we did verses four and five together, it could change the mood inside of our household. Who in here, I mean, sometimes you could use maybe a little bit of a more positive mood in the house, you know. Amen. All right, praise God. Very good. So, uh, verse 5, we're talking about the love and kindness of God. So, it is not jealous or boastful or proud. Verse 5, or rude. People full of the love of God, are they rude people? Scripturally speaking, no. And you may think, oh, that's just how I show my love. I blah, 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 blah. Okay, show it to somebody else. I don't want that. You know, just take that over there. No, the love of God is not rude. That you just, you cannot argue that biblically. God's love is not rude. It does not demand its own way. Now here's one of my favorite parts about this verse. It is not irritable. Let's hear a shout out for all the irritable people out there. We love them. We, they may not like us, but we love them. Amen. Cause it's the right thing. All right. But also speaking of the love and kindness of God, it keeps no record of being wronged. It's a beautiful list right there. Now, kindness and rudeness and these other things, irritability and all this. Listen, those are antonyms. These things, they, they don't go together. Uh, they, they just don't go together. And I'm guilty and I'm sure we're all guilty of being kind to people outside of the house, but being rude to people inside of the house. And I mean, is it that way sometimes where, I mean, you could be in the car on the way to church. I said, knock it off. And then you get, 
praise God, Cindy. Good to see you, man. Love you. Look at that like that. Hey, all right. Jose, my man. All right. Hey, let's go. Yeah. Amen. Let's worship. Lord, I lift your name on high. You know, and then you get back out to the car. And as James said, you curse those made in the image of God, where five minutes ago you were blessing God himself. And James said, nah, no, no. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. And so let's get real here when it comes to kindness. It is a fruit and a proof that the spirit is on the inside of you. But we need to work on not just being nice to people outside of the house. We got to start being kind to people inside of the house. Amen. Have you ever noticed how families can fight over the just the stupidest things sometimes? Like I've got a bunch of kids. I mean, just tons of them. And a lot of you, I mean, everybody at this church, does. there's no one here that has the, I mean, less than 20 kids, I think. So there's a lot of us, but, um, but I was reading this article, um, where different moms wrote in and told about the dumb things their kids fight over. And I was, I was reading this and I'm like, yeah, my kids would do that. Absolutely. And so this one lady wrote in and said, one of my kids was quietly singing the happy birthday song to herself in the car, even though it wasn't her birthday. And as soon as she finished her brother leans over and blows <laughs> my daughter wept because he just blew out her imaginary birthday candles i'm like yeah i could have i could see that I'd, yeah no doubt no doubt all right this other lady wrote in and said i brought home new backpacks for my kids and they got into a fist fight over who got which backpack the thing is they were both identical backpacks <laughs> Now, here's one that I feel very applicable. Uh, this lady said, while in the bathtub together last night, my kids made a fake YouTube video reviewing bathtub slime and then fought over who had the better non-existent merch page. If you're, if you're a kid, if you don't watch YouTube, you don't get that. But, uh, the kid, every YouTuber, they, they, they gotta start a, a merch line where they sell t-shirts and stuff. And so, anyway, I'm like, yeah, my kids would do that. No doubt about it. And so, we look at this list and, 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 and it's, it's crazy, but this is like, it starts there. And then I, but then I read somebody said this. I read a, a story online from some guy that used to work at Toys R Us. He said one day someone came in and asked his co-worker, his co-worker said to the guy that came in the door, welcome to Toys R Us, can I help you find anything? The customer replied, yeah, I'm mad at my sister and my nephew's birthday is coming up. What do you have that makes loud, repetitive noises and can't be turned off? I was like, yeah, <laughs> wow. Now, truth be told, I've thought about doing that. I've got some siblings on the front row, but I haven't done that. Uh, praise God, but I, I could. So anyway, uh, I'm just saying, don't try me, okay? Uh, seriously, though, th- think about how much of a difference it would make in the household if we began to intentionally do some acts of kindness, Think about that. And if you would say, well, well yeah, well, I, I, I would try it, but then no one would even care or it wouldn't make any difference. Well, at least you have the satisfaction of knowing that you're a mature Christian and you did it anyway. And you're kind to people even when they're not kind to you. You want to know what an immature Christian says? Yeah, I'd be loving and kind if they would do it back to me, but I know they won't, so I'm not even going to try. Immature. Grow up. That's all I got. I wanted to, I thought I'd have like a rhyme or something. Nothing came, but can we, can we? Amen. Alex could probably edit that into a rap. He did that. That was weird. But anyway, so 
You can work on that footage. So, oh, I got another observation. I'm all over the place tonight. This is not the most homiletically correct thing I've ever done in my life. But another observation that I have is how we sometimes take jokes over the line and then it turns into something that it shouldn't. Yeah? No? You know, it's okay to joke and have a little fun, but if all you ever do is roast people and jokingly make fun, it eventually starts to go a little deeper. Anyone? Yeah? All right. And and I just can't picture Jesus doing that to his siblings or to his buddies. No, he was a real man. I'm sure he joked and had fun. But if it's just nonstop digs and jabs and and put downs and and it starts to I've seen this. All right. It starts to get a little deeper and then uh, it's not a joke anymore and it's not funny. And so uh, there's a quote that I really love. I'm going to put it on the screen, but. Putting someone else's candle out doesn't make yours shine any brighter. And I tell my kids that, you know, they want to get on each other and go after other people. And I'm like, okay, yeah. So you put down on Geralda, that's fine. What did that do for you? Now, now all of a sudden you look better to everybody. No, you don't. And so putting someone else's candle out doesn't make yours shine any brighter. Amen. Be kind, be nice, man. Be a Christian. Love people. Amen. This isn't deep, but it, but it's the truth. All right. And so let's, let's take it to the next level. Okay. We're talking about kindness. Number one to your family. Number two survey says to mean people. Yeah. Good answer. Help me out. We're playing family feud here. Even if it wasn't good, you got to clap and, and look ridiculous. Okay. Good answer. Good answer. All right. So survey says, oh, nobody else said that. Okay. So if, if anyone knew about dealing with mean people, it was Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Jesus, I'd be kind to them, but you just don't know what I'm going through. Really? (laughs) Really? No. If anybody knew what it was like to deal with mean people, it was Jesus. He had more haters than anyone you can ever even imagine. In fact, he still does. And I've noticed that when we talk about Jesus, when we think about Jesus, many people tend to only think of him in the past tense sense. I'll bet, oh, you know, I'll bet Jesus had blah, blah, blah. And and listen, you realize that Jesus is still alive, right? I I mean, that's if you believe that, that's how part of the way you're a Christian. Yeah, we don't just talk about Jesus in the past. He's still alive. Amen. And 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 you know that on top of that, he hasn't changed. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if we could sit back and think, man, what would have Jesus done when he was alive? Well, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask, what does Jesus do to his haters right now? Because he's still alive. He hasn't changed. And the haters are still there. In fact, they've just multiplied now. And now they have the Internet at their disposal. So they can be even crazier, right? And so uh, what, what does Jesus do uh, with, with his haters? And, and the question, it's a, it's a fair question. We know, well, think of it this way. Oftentimes, we see somebody that seems to be a mean, hateful person. And it really looks like they just get by with it. Anyone notice that? Do you know someone that's a hater and they just seem to get by with it and there's never any consequences? Yeah. And, 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 and sometimes, you know, we have this great sense of justice that they should be punished. Now, we shouldn't for the dumb things we do, but my golly, they should get it. Amen. A meteor should just come crashing down and smash them into a million pieces because they're a jerk and they deserve it. But, <laughs> but listen, 
Thank God that he is rich in love. He is slow to anger. Amen. He's kind. Now we do know this much, that eventually uh, you can't just nonstop go around being like that and never reap your harvest. If you're mean and a jerk and unkind forever, check it out. Oh, you'll reap your harvest. Amen. It's not going to be because I'm dishing it out to you, but because Romans chapter 12 says that vengeance belongs to God, says the Lord. And, and when I take it into my hands, then I've, you know, then I've dealt with them and God can't. But listen. Listen, so, somebody that's mean and nasty and hateful like that, they will eventually, sadly, get what's coming to them. Uh, but thank God that Jesus is kind. He is rich in love and, and, and he is forgiving and full of grace. Amen. Because we all need it. But eventually people can cross that line. And so what I want to do here real quick is let's look at how Jesus said to deal with mean people. Who thinks that would be a good idea? Well, what would Jesus do? Well, read the Bible and you'll find out what Jesus would do. Amen. And so Luke chapter six, let's go there. Luke six. Amen. Luke six verses 27 and 28. Luke 6, verses 27 and 28. And here's how Jesus said to deal with mean people. In fact, you know, our enemies specifically. So Luke 6, verses 27 and 28. And I mean, if you have time, this I've been reading this whole chapter to my kids all summer because, hey... Let's get real. They've kind of needed it. Amen. But let's go. <laughs> I've, I've, I've kind of needed it too. Luke six twenty seven. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Wait, I thought I was supposed to hate my enemies. No. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. And so Jesus listed four things right here. If you're like, well, how would I go about, you know, being kind and loving my enemy? Well, start with these four things right here. Jesus made this. I mean, he, he spelled it all out right here. Okay. How do I treat somebody that's mean to me? Well, number one, he said to love my enemies. And the word he used here is the word agape. Look it up in your strong support. It is agape. And so this is unconditional, no strings attached. Even if you're mean to me, I will still love you whether you love me back or not. It is an unconditional love. What's the second thing he said? He said to do good. And I believe that this would fall into the, to the area of kindness. Be kind. Do something about that love. And so if you have a hater, and you can do something kind, do it. Now, I, I put this, uh, you know, uh, asterisk in here. If this is a dangerous person, like an abusive ex-spouse, then stay away. But if, if it's within your uh, realm of, of doing something kind, I encourage you uh, to actively, intentionally do something kind. And I don't just preach that, brother. I have done that to some people that I do not specifically care for. Amen. But, <laughs> but praise God, it's good. And you're obeying the Bible. What's the next thing he said? Bless, bless those who curse you. And this word bless right here, I, I should have for a fresh look at, I believe it's the Greek word eulogio. And this word means speak well of speak well of. And so if we're going to really specifically say what Jesus said right here, he said to speak well of those 
who curse you. Speak well of those who say bad things about you. Who feels like doing that, huh? Nah, you don't. But if you want to obey the Bible, (laughs) Jesus said this is how we're supposed to live this Christian life. And so as a Christian, someone comes up and calls me a bunch of names. Am I allowed to call them a bunch of names back? No, I'm not. And, and I mean, can I do that? Yes, I can. According to the Bible, is that how I respond to somebody? No, it's not. And so, you know, in fact, under the old covenant law, under the law of Moses, in fact, Jesus addresses this in Matthew five, but he's like, Hey boys, gather around. Uh, listen, we're going to start doing things a new way. And, and they're like, what the disciple and the, and, and, you know, he calls all of them around and, and he says, Hey, I know you've been told that it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You know, if someone wrongs you, you're allowed to wrong them back. You can always, you're always allowed to get even under the law of Moses. Now, if they poke your eye, you're not allowed to poke both of their eyes, but you are allowed to poke one of their eyes. Amen. And so it's just, it's just, it's got to be even everything, uh, an eye for an eye. If they knock one of your tooths out, uh, you're not allowed to knock two of theirs, just one, but at the same time, you, it was not turned the other cheek. Jesus says, I, you have heard that it's been said to, you know, love your neighbors, but hate your enemies. But I say, love your enemies. And, 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 and this is just making the disciples head spin, especially Peter probably. Cause he's like, wait a minute. I was really into this revenge thing. And, and he's like, no, 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 no. That's the old way. Now we, we changed it. You ever got into work and they're like, Hey, I know we've done this system for the last 20 years. We got a new system. And everyone's like, hey, what's up with that? Well, you got to learn the new system. The boss said so. And so the old system was, yeah, if they slapped you on one cheek, you get a chance to smack them back. Just like those slap battles they do in Russia. Have you ever seen that on YouTube? Okay. Anyway, so, you know, it's fair. It's all, it's all fair. (laughs) Clearly some of you have seen those videos too. It's all right. Back to the sermon. Let's go. So. Jesus says, we are not allowed to do it that way anymore. If they slap you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. If a soldier says, hey, carry my stuff for a mile, carry it to me. Go the extra mile. In fact, Jesus took it so far as to say, bless those who curse you. They say something mean to you, you say something nice about them. Wow, that goes against everything in our human nature. Nobody feels like doing that. But guess what? I have a brand new nature. I am a born again Christian. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians five. Behold, old things have passed away and all things have become new. That's exciting, man. And so the old me probably couldn't have done those things. But the born again me can absolutely love my enemies. It can bless them. It can do good to them. Amen. And it can do all these things that Jesus told me to do. And the last one he said is to pray for those who spitefully use you or pray for those who hurt you. Now, when you pray for people that have hurt you, God begins to soften your heart towards them. And you no longer want to see a meteor fall from the sky and smash them into a million pieces, but you want to see them receive Jesus and change their life so they don't go to hell. I'm telling you, it works. Pray for those who have hurt you. Now, another important fact that kind Christian people need to always consider is this. When someone's not being nice, maybe there's a deeper reason. 
for why they're not being nice. Now, I'll admit that some people are just mean and rude and they need Jesus and a chill pill. All right. We get that. There's just some people they've been like, they've always been like that. Okay. And that's sad and they need to fix that. But there are some people, maybe that's just not how they've always been or who they usually are. And they've got something deeper going on and it's causing them to act differently. Well, there's a lot of truth to the old saying that hurt people hurt people. And so I come across somebody, maybe a church member or something that's being not very kind, but I'm like, well, that's not, they're not usually like that. Well, I could either choose to be immature and blow up on them, or I could say, you know what, man, they, something's going on. That is not who they are. And when I was, uh, when I was 17 and Pastor Katie first met me, first of all, she instantly fell in love. <laughs> but after that, uh, why is that funny? Every time I say that, everyone laughs. It's love at first sight, okay? Anyway. Wow. So, um, yeah. But when she first, when we first met, I was not in a very happy phase of life. <laughs> My siblings, you know, would remember that. And, uh, you know, we'd been, I'd been through a lot. I was not a kind person. I was not the Pastor Dave that you know right now. Amen. And, uh, I was actually pretty bitter and rude. And during that season, man, I just remember that when somebody would actually be kind to me, like, you know, the, the, I don't know how else to phrase it. The teenagers say this, but it hit different at that point. Amen. Nowadays, one of you guys comes up and gives me a hug. I'm like, hey, praise God. I love you, man. But at that point, man, when you are really, really hurt and someone goes out of their way to give you a hug and say, hey, thinking about you, like, dude, you don't even, that goes a really long, long way when someone actually cares and you're at a low point. And um, I remember that the school I went to was a fundamental Baptist church. Now, I'm not putting down on the, because they're all, they wonderful people. There's different kinds of Baptists. You know that, right? So there's the American Baptist, the Southern Baptist. These are the fundamental Baptists and they're, they're very, very strict. They love the Lord and, and I love them and they're awesome and they stick to the word. They're so great. But in my school, we couldn't listen to Christian music. If it had, it could only be on an organ or a piano. And so I'd come in, you know, talk to my friend. Hey, did you guys hear the new Newsboys song? Huh? What? You know, that that's devil stuff. That has drums in it. All right. And we can only read the King James Bible, the 1611 version. But anyway, so I caught a lot of flack. My first day at the school, I, hey, it was 2001. Everyone was doing it. I had blonde highlights and a necklace on and I didn't know. And, and my and my shirt was untucked. And that was a big no, no. And the, these kids, you know, they, <laughs> they complain about dress codes. I'm like, I had to wear a polo shirt tucked in every day right here. And again, I usually sagged a little but you know, I had this spike hair and you know I, I i looked like i just come from a creed concert because i did and so <laughs> anyway so uh but anyway so we're going through it man we're going through it we are going through it dude and one day one of the teachers that i really thought didn't like me because it made me take my necklace off and tuck my shirt in and pull my pants up which i just thought was completely unreasonable but uh but you know he, he came up to me one day and and he said, you know, I heard about the stuff you, you guys are going through and your church is going through. I'm praying for you and I hope everything turns out okay. And dude, that just did something to me that, you know, a million dollars couldn't have done. That kind words from another Christian, even if we didn't believe exactly the same, man, it did something. And so I'm telling you, and I wasn't a nice kid at the time, you know, I mean, probably by most people's standards I was, but I don't feel like I was at the nicest point of my life. But I'll, I'll say this, that 
being kind when someone's hurting, you have no idea what that can do. And if some, just because someone's being mean and rude and nasty, if you're immature, you'll say, well, they've got some nerd. Oh, I'm not even going to talk. No, that's, that's stupid. That's immature. You're a Christian. You don't act like that. You look beneath the surface and you say, you know what? That's not who they are. Why, why are they that? That's just not them. Why are they acting like that? You're a Christian. You act like it and you love them anyway. And you're kind to them and you go out of your way. That's what Christians do. And that's what this guy did. And it, it went a really long way. And now we're friends on Facebook. So, hey, come on. <laughs> Amen. Good guy, good guy. All right, number three. All right, here it is. Number three. And I got to go quick because I still got to fit communion in here in a few minutes. But we're talking about kindness. Number one, to the family. Number two, to mean people. Number three, to those in need. Let's look at Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37. And this is the story of the Good Samaritan. Yeah, the Good Samaritan. And so this is the story of the Good Samaritan. And this is the ultimate story of showing kindness to somebody in need. All right. So Luke 10, starting at verse 30. I may read it a little bit fast. So Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. Now, by chance, a priest came along. And so, you know, you're thinking like, by golly, man, if there's any, this is good news. And if there's anybody that I want to come along when there's a beat up, you know, man right there, it's the preacher. I mean, thank God. Turns out that this wasn't the man that you wanted. So, And so, uh, by chance, the priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. That is just not the right thing to do. Verse 32. And then a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there. But he also passed by on the other side. And so if, if, I'm, if Jesus is telling this story, I'm like, man, well, okay, the preacher didn't help. But thank God one of the church members came through. It's somebody that serves in the church. That's the second best person to come by. But even that person didn't do the right thing. All right, verse 33. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And I'm not going to go into the history of the, the Jews and the Samaritans, but they did not tend to get along. And, and when the Samaritan, when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Now, I'm sure you've all heard that story before, but look at how Jesus closed this story out. He said, you go and do the same thing. This is how a Christian is supposed to handle a situation like this. You, uh, you know, you don't just walk by and not do anything. I had a strange encounter a few months ago. This just came to me, but I was driving down Main Street at like 7 a.m. a few months ago. I see this 20-year-old girl, I would say about 20, walking down the street, just blood all over her face. And I'm like, what 
in the world? And so, you know, I, I turned around and, 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 you know, it was, very, it was, it was weird, you know, but and I was like, Hey, what's going on? Are you okay? And she's like, go away, leave me alone. I was like, okay, well, I want to help. So anyway, I, I didn't know what to do. And pastor Katie told me to, you know, call the police. So I, I did. And, and the police got her, helped her out in Barstow station. I don't know what happened to her, but as a Christian, you know, you don't just drive by and not do something like that. And I know a lot of people that are Christians that say, just don't get involved. It's none of your, don't get involved. And I'm like, listen, there's some things I'm not going to get involved in, but if I see a person bloody on the side of the road and I drive by, listen, I may not pay the price right now, but I'll stand before God someday. I don't, I, that's very real to me. And as a Christian, Jesus said, go and do the same thing. And so that's something for us to consider. Now, we live in a, in a unique place. Uh, I think Southern California is a very unique place. If you haven't traveled very much outside of Southern California, uh, you realize that we have a lot of more homeless and hurting people. Then I've been to New York City, I've been to, and I've seen more homeless on a daily basis in Southern California than anywhere I've been, you know, and, uh, and, and it's just a different planet than even where I grew up on. I grew up in a small town, but we literally did not have any homeless people or beggars where I lived. And it's not because the town was rich, it was a low income city. We just didn't have any beggars or homeless people, except there was one man, my family will attest, I'm making this up, there was one one man in the whole town of 13,000 people, one guy, he wasn't homeless, but everybody knew he was kind of the poor guy. And he, he did have a name. You guys know his name? <laughs> you can finish it. Yeah, the, everybody loved him, but the whole town, and they weren't being mean, they, they, his name was Dennis the Bum. Everybody, everybody loved him, and ev- everybody would give him a ride. You would see him two towns away, and you just like, hey, oh, Dennis, yeah, I'm, I'm heading back, heading back to town. You just give him a ride. You, you know, and nobody thought about it. He was the one guy in town that, you know, was in need. And so, like, we all trusted him, we all knew him, like, everybody just knew, like, it's Dennis, you know, just, you know, you could see him in India. Indianapolis, 30 miles away, and you just, uh, hey, Dennis, I'm heading back home, hop in, and people just, it was the way it was. That's the town I grew up in. It was different, but um, yeah, I'll tell that story another time, Dad. Dad's got a real winter story. I'll let him tell that some other time, <laughs> but uh, anyway, but but, uh, but I, I, you know, I, I think we've all been in a spot living in Southern California where, uh, you know, we are called to be kind. We are called to be benevolent. We are called to be generous, and we are also called to be wise. The Bible uses a word, uh, the King James, the word of discernment and discretion, and and these are good things for us to have. So there's, as I'm as I balance being a kind Christian and not you know promoting or or uh, and, you know enabling somebody's you know difficult habits uh there's cases where yeah i give money to people there's times when i instead maybe i'll just go in and buy them some food uh there's times when i direct them to the local resources that are available and uh and so you know i, I don't we aren't to turn a blind eye but we understand that we were wise as we are being kind to people and one night in 2008 this is my last story we're getting ready to do communion <laughs> but what i'm saying is 
the Holy Spirit. This is the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in our lives. If kindness is one of them, who thinks that the Holy Spirit could lead you in how to actually be kind to people and be benevolent and be charitable? Because as Christians, we're called to, to be charitable. But... 2008, before we had any kids, Pastor Katie and I were driving home on a Saturday night and uh, on the southbound 15 exit next to Burger King, I see this guy holding a sign and it says, need ride to LA, I'll pay for the gas. And I'm like, that's weird. I've never seen, you know, I've never seen somebody, you know, saying they would pay for the gas. And anyway, we didn't have kids, but we were just going to head on home and we both just looked at each other like, we're supposed to give that guy a ride, aren't we? And this goes against everything I've ever been taught in my entire life. I've never, other than Dennis the Bum, I've never, and don't judge me. Everyone, everyone knows that that's what, that's his name back there. So anyway, uh, and so we, we look at each other and we're like, man, we're supposed to do this. Like, okay. And so, uh, and so we circle back around and, and we're like, we'll give you a, a ride. And the guy was like, are you serious? It's to LA. And we're like, yeah. And he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll pay you. What? And he was dressed nice and everything. And we're like, no, 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 you don't need to pay us. And, and, and so he, he tried to pay and we said, no, then he tried. And then anyway, we went back, we went back and forth. Eventually we didn't pay. So we're, 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 we get in the car and, and we're taking him home and, and, uh, he had broken down here and it's a long story. I won't go into those details, but he had to be at work the next morning. And as we're going, man, this guy was ripe for the gospel, brother. Now I know why we picked him up. He starts telling us his life story, man. And we minister to him for two solid hours on a Saturday night. We pray with him and lead him back to Jesus in the parking lot of where he lived by the time we got back home. It was incredible. Amen. And just a great experience. But, but you know, I, I don't always encourage, uh, you know, picking up strangers, uh, you know, going to Los Angeles. But at the same time, I do always encourage listening to the Holy Spirit. And, you know, that was a night where the Holy Spirit was like, no, do this kind thing. I need you to do this. And so we did, and it paid off. Uh, so we'll bring it in for a landing here. But just telling you, man, that the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Christians are kind people. We intentionally do nice things for other people, people that can't pay us back, people that we don't even have to tell anybody about. It's just what we do. It is a fruit, a characteristic, and a proof of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Can we get an amen tonight? Amen. All right. Well, praise God. Let's stand up. I have... I have just, you know, gone into overtime once again here. So we're going to take communion here together tonight. And we, as always, we encourage anybody watching online at home, you can receive communion with us. We would sure love for you to do that. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and the ushers will have the elements here. Uh, Pastor Josh will lead us in, a, in some worship. You can be dismissed by aisle to come on up and get it. Uh, you do not need to be a member of High Desert Word Center to receive communion with us. You just need to be a member of the body of Christ and have Jesus as your Savior. Let's go ahead and start coming up together tonight as we uh, receive the elements. And I just want to be where you are. And I just want to be near your heart. And there is nothing like your love. 
And Jesus, there is nothing like your love And I just want to be where you are And I just want to be near your heart There is nothing like your love And Jesus, there is nothing like your love Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul said in verse 28, well, verse 27, he says, So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. I mean, I don't want to sin against anybody in this world. Especially, I don't want to sin against the body and blood of the Lord. And so... Verse 28 says, that is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. And so let's take a minute here tonight to examine our lives, to judge our lives. And if there's anything we need to repent of, anything we need to change or talk to the Lord about, let's do that right now. Let's take a minute to talk to the Lord. First Corinthians 11, verse 23, the Apostle Paul writes, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to remember me. And so tonight we take this bread and understand that it symbolizes the body of Jesus that was broken for us. We do this to remember you, Lord. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this 
to remember me as often as you drink it. So Jesus, we take this juice tonight and we understand that this symbolizes your blood, which paid the price for our sins. We thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Can I have my prayer team come up here? Um, I've gone quite over tonight on time. So I'm going to say if you need prayer, please come up quickly. I know we got to get over there and get the teens and the nursery workers and stuff. So if you need prayer, let's do that right now. Come on up. We'd love to pray for you. Pastor Joshua, lead us in a song and we'll do this. But, um, you know, we're not going to take a whole lot of time here. Amen. Go ahead, Pastor Josh. And I just want to be where you are And I just want to be near your heart And there is nothing like your love And Jesus, there is nothing like your love I just want to be where you are And I just want to be near your heart There is nothing like your love And Jesus, there is nothing like your love Holy, 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 and Jesus, I love you, and Jesus, I love you. Holy, 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 and Jesus, I love you, and Jesus, I love you. And I just want to be where you are And I just want to be near your heart And there is nothing like your love And Jesus, there is nothing like your love And I just want to be where you are And I just want to be near your heart And there is nothing like your love And Jesus, there is nothing like your love Holy, 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 holy.
There is nothing like your love And I just want to be where you are And I just want to be near your heart And there is nothing like your love And Jesus, there is nothing like your love. Praise God. All right. Who had a good time together tonight? Amen. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and close out in prayer. Then we'll do our Barstow Faith Confession. Sunday is going to be incredible. Let's be here Sunday. And then baptisms are the next Sunday. And the church pool party is a few weeks out. So just mark your calendars for all that. Amen. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for the word of God and all the things that we've seen tonight, Lord. And we understand that as a Christian, Lord, we have kindness as a fruit of the Spirit. Help us to really tap into that, Lord, and be uh, the loving and kind Christian people that we're supposed to be, Lord, and to always stand for the truth, Lord. We love you. We thank you. Use us this week to be the light of the world everywhere we go. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, can someone say amen? Yeah.
All right. Let's speak some faith over Barstow. Let's go. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. See you Sunday.